Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Football Rebel preview show sponsored by Bet365. My name is Marcus Speller. To my left is Jim Campbell. Good day. And further to my left is Luke Moore. I'm Chandler from Friends. <laughs> you are not. Everybody, you've made it once again to the Ramble Bosom, and it's wonderful to have you here. We're going to talk about some football. Yeah, and, come in. And maybe some other things. Who knows? I'm going to start by saying that I just got a free almond croissant from Pret for being a brilliant bloke. Very good. Mm-hmm. I didn't even notice that happen. Yeah. That it, Jim? <laughs> Is that it? No, well, it's your story, mate. Yeah. Well, I've just told it. I, I, think that's I was all waiting of it. for a reaction. Yeah, that's all of it. Stunned silence, ladies and gentlemen. Good for you, mate. I, I, as far as I understand it, um, the people who work in Pret are given a a chance to dish out a certain amount of free items mm-hmm. to people every so often, which, when they is, why, which is why apparently they don't give a, do a loyalty card system, yeah, mm. which you'll find in other high street places so like it's all Costa. A, it's all a ruse apparently to so. make, it, make it look... To trick people like you into thinking it, they're a friendly corporation. It's, it's not at all. It's, uh, I went in there and got a free croissant. Because so you're cock-a-hoop then, Marcus. Big time. Looking forward to this then. Exactly. I've got a bye to the next round, yeah. which could be a, a, a smoked salmon sandwich. Could be. <laughs> Build it up. <laughs> By the end of it, they give you your own branch. Yeah. <laughs> for a three-course meal before that. Yeah. yeah, and then I won't give out any freebies, uh, and the joke will be on them. Uh, gentlemen, the Carabao Cup has been happening this week. Yes, and, it has. Uh, it's been it's been mildly enjoyable. Not going to lie. I enjoyed the uh, Manchester United game last night, mm. which I'm sure we'll come on to a bit later on. Yeah, I'd like to go uh, straight to the place where they're going to host the final, Wembley, mm. Tottenham Hotspur. Uh, they uh, they beat Barnsley one. But before we go to that, the big story coming out of Spurs HQ is that crap video that some Spurs fans did, where their their face painted up, they've got Spurs kits on, and they're pringing, uh, pringing, they're singing rather, uh, attuned to the, the circle of life. The, the yes. Of it's important. It's an important move, this, because up until now, really, and Arsenal have had an, the monopoly on North London embarrassment, mm. haven't they? On <laughs> yeah. this sort of thing. Well, and, and broadly, West Ham have chipped in a few times they as well have, in London. They have. Um, the, not, not just Arsenal fan TV, which we all know and, and love. And we respect um, it. We yeah, do respect yeah, Arsenal do, fan. No, do you respect Arsenal fan TV, Marcus? Well, you know, I... I Sounds like you do. I'd I like to deflect that question. Jim, do you, re- <laughs> do you respect Arsenal fan TV? I respect a lot of things. Gary Neville, do you respect Arsenal fan <laughs> Um, but I'm not just talking about Arsenal fan TV. I'm talking about that that band, the Away Boys, as well. They're oh, the yeah. YouTube channel. Um, and there was, to be, to be fair though, there was a, a fair 
fairly well I say fairly poor it was really poor Spurs won a couple of years ago and the there reason was. I know about it is because a friend I used to work with was actually in it in the background eating some fried chicken outside right. White Hot Lane was that the one but, I love one yes that's right it was one I love well, well remembered but the obviously the the all-time great is um, the Aston Villa we are the champions yeah. and, and no one's ever going to get near that I don't think I don't think I'll see something as cringe as that in my life. it's becoming a genre now isn't it because Should... there's not a good one there's not no. a good example of this it's hard to imagine sort of how thing. there would be a good one exactly what would a good one consist of people might not remember the Aston Villa when it was ahead of the League Cup final against Manchester United and a girl we're who... the Villa we're the champions yeah. yeah and it was been on X Factor it was right? I think she came fourth or fifth on X Factor or something the only thing she was on Jimbo no. the sounds of that yeah <laughs> uh, if they'd have won the League Cup, they wouldn't be the champion. No, they? no. Uh, and they champions. Didn't, they didn't. So they, they, yeah, it was wrong on many different levels. But this one, honestly, ladies and gentlemen, is worth seeing. Jim, did you just punch your mic? Yeah, on purpose. Damn yeah, it all! I'm a clumsy man. Um, yeah, the well, listeners have heard it. The, the, the song "Circle of Life," of course, starts by name dropping the current Arsenal manager. Yeah. Mm. We're really getting in. We're really getting into the weeds of this one, are we? We're going to do the whole yeah, thing. Gonna... <laughs> Strap yourselves in, everyone. Well, we got saying, it. We play it. <laughs> I'm just saying. Well, Pete's not here, so we can't. But it's 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 very poor. The main bloke in it is is often seen holding a baby doll throughout. Yeah, it's it's kind of scary, isn't it? It looks like it's going to become a horror film at some point. But wasn't it done? Um, wasn't it made for one of the kids? In the video, it's like a sort of gift to him in some bizarre way. Is that right? I think, yeah, I think that the sort of little boy in the video who's sort of ostensibly the star of it, it's, I think it was perhaps a very misguided birthday present for him. So all right. that's what you want for your birthday ridicule on the internet for oh, probably a decade. I think that's nice. I think you should all get off their backs. I think, I, 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 think I like it slightly more knowing yeah, that. Yeah, I do yeah. as well. But I, I feel for the kid because, you know, do you know what the internet's like? We've all seen the comments. It's innocent, but it's also quite naive. <laughs> that is a very generous way of putting yeah. it. And I assume. That's your birthday yeah. gift to him. Sorry, Dad. Have you seen the internet before? <laughs> Do you know what happens in this land? Some mm. of those accents, eh? I know, right? I think it's innocent fun, and you're all being a bit harsh. But you brought it up, man. Eh? Yeah, you brought it up. Oh, I can't remember that far you, back. You, listen, Marcus, if you're going to bring it up, don't be surprised when Jim and I come in with a hot take. Mm. All right, <laughs> unless it's how, about prep. That's just how it works. Oh, free arm and cross it though, ladies. That's Thursday anyway. What's next? <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, they're off to, to West Ham on, on the weekend, which is which is quite good because they're going to go away from home to the um, the most intimidating stadium in all of London because it's called the London Stadium. But Spurs they did beat Barnsley in front of a modest crowd of twenty four thousand. Obviously, it's worse because it's at Wembley Stadium, which holds nearly well, ninety. It looks more threadbare, doesn't it? But yeah. Simon was pointing out that in, in this round of the, of the League Cup last year, I believe they played Gillingham and the, and the attendance was only slightly higher. I mean, it was pretty pretty similar. So. Mm. It wasn't it wasn't rip roaring stuff from Spurs. One nil, they only won. Deli Ali got the goal. They didn't have a shot on target until the sixty second minute. Well, this is I think this is a pretty interesting point because um, we've seen a lot of chat in the media so far this season, a lot of lazy chat, and, and mostly from the tabloid end of the spectrum about this particular in quotes jinx or curse or this stuff that clearly I'm only speaking on behalf. of myself but as a as a rational human being who's also a bit of a skeptic obviously doesn't exist yeah. um, but what we are seeing here i think is two well two things one i think we're seeing a, a change of environment which is arguably causing spurs to play slightly differently okay which which therefore you could argue in a, in a, in a roundabout way is affecting them. the move to wembley is affecting them in an on-pitch way and secondly, I think we're actually seeing a little bit of a blueprint coming to the fore now of how to, to play against Spurs. Um, 
we, we, I've mentioned this a few times already this season, which is very quickly again, Jermaine, Jermaine Genius put this out on Match of the Day 2 a few weeks ago, saying Spurs find it hard to break teams down out wide because they no longer have Carl Walker at their disposal and Danny Rose is injured. I think it will be improved when Serge Aurier can play. I know, mm. I, when he does Trippier play. was man of the match last night. Yes, but he, they didn't show a huge amount of penetration. And they, 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 I don't think Trippier is as good as Carl Walker. I think Trippier is as good as... Um, uh, probably a little bit better than people were giving him credit for last season. But that's just my opinion. Lots of people who watch Trippier a lot more than me have said that he's not at that level. Aurier will give them more in that position. But on the left, Ben Davis doesn't really have the pace or the legs. And I think we've seen Chelsea do it. We saw Barnsley have a decent amount of joy last night doing it. And we've seen other teams doing it. And, and Spurs really need to work out a way of being able to break teams down at home because it's going to be really important mm. for their season. And, and, and you, you could argue the, the environment they, they, they'll, they'll face going away to West Ham this weekend could would be exactly the same, but West Ham may not be able to get away with that because it's a bit of a bit of a cup final for them, isn't it? Playing mm. Spurs, I think people have been taking Spurs seriously for a good few seasons now, and in, in terms of you know looking at them as actually you know they often talk about a title bid and people laugh at it, but now you, you know it's, it's, it looks like a more serious, realistic thing that you know they're in the Champions League and and this is probably the best side Spurs have ever had in the Premier League, and it's testament to that that, that teams are now setting up against them as they would against a Chelsea or a City or or whatever. And I wonder actually, you know, we made the point a couple of weeks ago. You made the point, Luke, that um, you know their, their home record last season was so good that it was always going to be difficult to replicate that, even if it's at Wembley. And I wonder, actually, do you think last season being the last season at White Hart Lane actually gave them a bit of a boost that's now being discounted, given that it's obviously not I, there? I don't see why not. I mean, I don't see why it wouldn't have given them a boost. There's a great atmosphere around the club at home last season, particularly. Um, I, I just think the reason I, I, I went on record to say I don't think Spurs will, will go near the title this season is because there's too many variables. I mean, they're moving mm. to a new home, a temporary home. It's a different environment. It's, I, I know plenty of people. A guy I, I used to work with very closely um, used to go to, to White Hart Lane every week and he went to the Wembley Games in, in the Champions League and he said, we're going to struggle atmosphere-wise as well because it's very difficult to manufacture an atmosphere. Mm. I think the atmosphere has got a little bit better more recently at Wembley compared to the start of the season. But they've got a big challenge on their hands, especially now we're seeing what I think is a blueprint of how to play against Spurs at Wembley. And it'll be fascinating to see how they try and overcome it because obviously Pochettino's a great coach and he should be able to think of a way of doing it. They mm. need to stick together. And if they did get to a cup final, it would be like a home tie. Wouldn't well, it, eh? The, yeah, it would literally be a home tie, mm. hopefully by then. But West, the West Ham um, the game will, will, be, will be a curious, um, curious one because I've heard people potentially unfairly say that West Ham getting positive results against Spurs was the only thing that kept them in a job. Um, and they have um, they have a big game against Spurs this weekend and it's important to, to West Ham fans to, to beat Spurs. And I sort of understand why, because West Ham don't really have a realistic chance of winning anything big and that's just how it is. Um, so the first game of the weekend at, at the London Stadium will, will hopefully be a good one. Well, you say they've not got a chance of winning anything big. They could win the Carabao Cup. They're in the fourth round. They are against Tottenham Hotspur. They're Hotspur. playing Spurs. Yeah, yeah. and they yeah. like to beat Spurs, don't they, I saw, I saw some Spurs fans saying that they got a chance, West Ham have got a chance of doing the treble now. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, it, the Cup competitions are very important for Spurs this season. If yeah. uh, what Tim Sherwood said is anything to go by, he said if Spurs don't win it a trophy this season... As a rule. <laughs> he said if Spurs don't win a trophy this season, either league or their Cup, then Harry Kane could be off. But the thing is, no one actually cares what Tim Sherwood thinks, <laughs> yeah. and I don't think he knows that. I think Tim Sherwood's spot sort of maybe an opportunity to make some money as an agent and he's thinking oh if I start talking up potential clients Tim Sherwood would, he's pitching for work <laughs> Tim Sherwood Kane would be this. a terrible agent imagine it yeah or bluster it, oh, he, he I didn't in, get you your move but I'm going to be on the backroom staff I've got a league one player 
I want a billion for him. Yeah. <laughs> a woeful jib. He'd have a very woeful jib mm. if he was that. Uh, West Ham have kept three successive clean sheets against Bolton, West Brom and Huddersfield. They've picked up four points from their last two matches. Billich is probably thinking that that'll keep the Dildo brothers at bay for the moment. <laughs> <laughs> Fingers crossed. Fingers yeah, it's crossed. It's not a sacking you want, is it? <laughs> It certainly isn't, Jim. Um, but yes, Marco Arnautovic had a good game in, in the cup against Bolton, I think it was. Uh, but, yeah, they beat him 3 0. Yes, the, uh, Bilic said, I could have asked for more. I want him to do more with regards to Arnautovic. Of course, he got sent off against Southampton very stupidly, but he's back mm. in the side now. And Bilic said, I like him as a player, which is just as well because he signed him. Uh, but then he gets happy with a few things and then he does what he wants, and I want him to push the ball. So obviously, he gets a little bit complacent. Mm. And Bilic then explained this further by saying, I want him to keep molesting the opposition and never be happy in a positive way. I mean, can well, you be happy in a positive way if you keep molesting yeah, people, Yeah, I mean, d- despite the strange phrasing, I think this is a fair sort of assessment of an Arnautovic because the most he's ever scored in the Premier League season is 12. And I know, you know, he's not an out-and-out goal scorer and that's not really what he's mm. been signed for. But you, you do sense that there can be more from Marco Arnautovic because he's quite a streaky player, isn't I mean, he? When he's on those streaks, he, he, he's a very, very difficult player to play against. It's like it's a, a bustling nightmare, basically. And against Tottenham, West Ham will need him to, to, to be as direct and, and robust as possible. And and I just feel creative. like he's, yeah. I mean, but when he's really on his game, he, he is a nightmare for defenders. But he too is. often he's just sort of sulking around. But he's got a bit of flair about him. But I mean, if someone says to you they they they, they like you as a player and want to keep uh, you to keep uh, molesting the opposition, is, is well, that, he does is molest. That, he does molest the opposition. Tribute. Yeah, it's very. Good. He, he does molest the opposition, which is mostly well, almost exclusively with his elbows. Yes, that's essentially it. <laughs> and, and, and and you know his feet. To go to West Ham, by the way, could rise to twenty-five million pounds. Unlikely, given the way he's playing mm. at the moment. But it could. I mean, it was an initial twenty million pounds, and it could go up to twenty-five million pounds, which is a lot, an awful lot of money. Now, I know, I know the transfer fees, and you know, are, are, you know, we've done that to death. But I, I agree with Jim. I don't think he's consistent enough, and you know, they do need him to be very, very much on his game if they're going to get anything at the weekend. Now's his he, time. He's sort of, kind of, in a slightly derogatory, ironic way, been compared to Zlatan Ibrahimovic before, and I, I wonder if that actually has gone to his head in his head he thinks he's that sort of player which he is like you know Lidl's Latin is what people say yeah Yeah. I don't think that is alright I think that's true but I think I wonder if like there's a sort of Zlatan style situation going on where his idea of himself is incredibly inflated and obviously with Zlatan he lives up to whatever he can imagine because he's a phenomenal player but with Arnautovic you know he's, he's it's like Zlatan without the work you know, Zlatan's never been a lazy player, is he? He's always really, really bust the gut to maintain I mean, those standards. I think, it, I think looks-wise that there's a slight comparison there, but they're different type of players. No, I, I, players, I think they are quite similar. There's, there's comparisons. Zlatan's front and centre, whereas Anatovic tends to play slightly on the flank. But I, I would argue that's because he's not good enough. If, if Anatovic had, had the... I think there's an application situation there, as, as Jim just touched on. I think that's absolutely right. Uh, if, I was, if I was a coach, I would be saying to Anatovic, just watch Zlatan. Mm. He is that type of player. He's just not as good. And I, I personally think, Mark, is that he's he's pushed out wide a little bit more because he's just not as effective for the middle. Do you think he's the Dirk Count then? The the uh, the less uh, hardworking Dirk. Count? Oh God! If you're uh, the less hardworking <laughs> Dirk Count, what's the point of you? Everyone's a less hardworking <laughs> Dirk Count. <in> <laughs> But you know, the, the draw at the London Stadium uh, this weekend is currently three to one with Bet three six five. So ten pound will return forty pound, including stake. Are we going to see a front three of Antonio Carroll and Javi Hernandez? Oh, it's delightful. We might do. They're, I mean, are they all fit? Big man, small man, middle man. I'm pretty sure I read earlier, earlier they are all fit. Yeah, they I, are. I, I still are can't. No, no, I don't believe it though. Oh, I, I see. Still, there's still time. One of them will be fit by their own standards. <laughs> yeah. Perhaps that's the best you can hope for. There's a long, t- long way to go between now and Saturday if you're Andy Carroll. Mm. I mean, that, that's I, Antonio and Carroll up front. That's like Shearer and Sutton. Yeah, up but, front for Blackburn, but just, with just with headers. Yeah. 
Just well, like, no, like a pair of seals, no, just Shearer, bobbing that ball around. Shearer and Sutton were all about the headers as well. Obviously, Shearer's good at the uh, ball You're quality. being very generous. <laughs> <laughs> I can't, I, I was, it took me a while to get on board with what you were saying. Then. You are giddy on your free croissant. Yeah. I, well, wouldn't you be, Jim? If you sort your act out, maybe you will get a free croissant. Okay? <laughs> a little bit more hard work in prep. And, <laughs> <laughs> I'm pushed too far out wide, mate. When it comes to prep... I just buy the bottles of water. I can't get near the counter. When it comes to prep, you are an Altovich and he is last I'm not going to deny that, ladies and gentlemen. Certainly not. Um, well, I, I think a front three involving them will be uh, will be great. Fun. Oh, I say great fun. None of them have scored when they've, they've all played up front together. So there we are. Uh, Liverpool lost to Leicester in the cup. Came in for more criticism, not least from the manager, who said he was he was fed up. He was sick of conceding stupid goals. I mean, that Slomani goal was an absolute beauty. Yeah. But it was a bit of part of the Red Sea as he, as he drove forward and, and, and smashed into the back of the net. But the first goal they conceded uh, from Ogazaki. That sort of the the core of the, the spine of that side, the two centre backs, anybody who is meant to be protecting uh, the back uh, four, it, it just wasn't there, and no. they were punished. Well, Leicester really seem to sort of have their number, don't they? Um, they've, they've beaten them a few times recently. I think I think if they win this game, that will be the third Premier League ga- uh, home game in a row where they've beaten Liverpool, mm. uh, and obviously they, they beat them last night as well. So I mean, it's almost as if Liverpool's frailties suit Leicester's strengths, sort of. Just, just perfectly. Like I think Vardy has, I think it's five in his last three Premier League but, matches against Liverpool. Two braces at home. Like I mean, that is. But I wouldn't just confine that to Leicester. I mean, Liverpool def- struggling defensively, big oh, time. It, it, absolutely in general. But this, what I mean is, this suits mm. Leicester's game so, so much so that it, they seem to just, as I say, have their number. They seem to just find find Liverpool a very comfortable opponent. Well, we'll Liverpool going to do anything? They, well, absolutely. I mean, actually, having played them so recently can only go in Klopp's favour because he he has to figure out how to beat a team like this because this is where they're coming unstuck, isn't it? Sure, but. Jim, the wider point is that Liverpool are struggling defensively big time. And, and even if Leicester have got their number, loads of teams seem to have their number. Mm, I'm, I'm going to hammer Liverpool in a minute. So just ahead of that, just to, before Jim gets absolute pelters for the rest of the week, uh, Liverpool did smash Leicester at Anfield last season. They beat them like 4-1. Yeah, I, I know. But, you know, still, yeah, they're still... but, well, yeah, but the point is they haven't got their number, have they? No. Only, but they, they, they I don't know. Got... I think that's a decent amount of wins. Like you know, three... okay, but they've literally been beaten at four one by them last season. All so right, they okay. haven't got their number. I'm, I'm just, I'm just, I'm saving you, mate, from right. the abuse. That's All what right. I'm doing. Send it to Pete. But listen, <laughs> Liverpool. This has become an endemic for, for Liverpool. I mean, the reason you know it's become an endemic and it's becoming a whole sort of narrative, you know, partly fueled by us and, and by other people in the media and stuff, is because they've only actually lost a few games since about February in mm. total. They mm. haven't lost a huge amount of games, but what they haven't been able to do is keep clean sheets. I mean, they, they, they've kept two, I think, in all competitions this season. That's mm. it. Um, and it's getting to the point now, I think, where they, get, they have to score two or three goals to win a game. And if you look at the type of play team they, 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 they come unstuck against, it's just not good enough. You know, and... and and Liverpool, a team, is so big and a club who is so sort of monumental in terms of size that they judge themselves because on on this league title thing because they haven't won the league title for such a long time, and there are there are there's talk out there that that, that, that Jurgen Klopp's record is almost very 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 similar to Brendan Rodgers's, which apparently wasn't good enough. Now I know they were on a bit of a poor run when Rodgers left, but. Klopp, Klopp can come out and say this sort of stuff, but he's the one who's got to sort it out. Mm. I mean, if he comes out and says, I'm sick of us conceding goals like we concede, well, what are you working on then? Yeah. You've, got, you've either not got years. the training, you've not got the coaching properly done and the training ground's not been utilised effectively, or you've not got the players that you want. You had a chance to get the players and you didn't do it. So clearly, I, I don't have a huge amount of truck for, for managers saying that sort of stuff when it's actually up to them to, 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 to yeah. sort it out. Well, it's such a clear Achilles heel, isn't it? And all he's doing is sort of addressing the fact that he, he 
he hasn't been able to address it. So you know, people know what to target with Liverpool this early into the season, and it's a problem that's been there since you know since he's taken over, really. But Marcus, what do you think when it comes to the type of goals that Liverpool can see? Do you think they're majority of them are down to individual errors or do you think it's like an organisational general thing? Well, it's, it's clearly they struggle at the back. They're just a bit soft at the core. And I think that uh, if you're going to play a swashbuckling style, you need to dominate possession more, which they don't. They need to be more dominant going forward and, and kind of defend from the front, which I think sometimes they do. But if, you, if you're going to be more like a unit, you can't be picked apart that easily. When they lost against Manchester City, yeah, they had a sending off. But the manner of the defeat was very disappointing. Yeah. And, and uh, since beating Arsenal, they haven't won a match, losing two, drawing two in September, com- compared to winning four out of five in August. And it all tends to go wrong when Manny's not there, mm. which I, I know that might be a slightly churlish point. Obviously, when he was out for the Africa Cup of Nations last time, it, it went wrong. But they, they, they've been poor without well, it's him. It's true, isn't it? It's true. And I wonder if, if, if he kind of harasses uh, people up the up the field a bit more it maybe gives other players a bit of encouragement to do so I, I don't know but they are soft at the core a little bit we'd expect them to play a stronger team at the weekend though I mean, it, you yeah. would do yeah I mean Coutinho got a, a run out and he was good in the first half he was probably Liverpool's best player and, and Klopp, took, uh, Klopp took him off rather uh, because uh, Preserving well, he's his not energy a lot of football, and building yeah, yeah. him back up, and so yeah. on and so forth. But when you read the, the, the stats, as you say, you know, somebody worked out that uh, Klopp's win record is inferior to that of David Moyes' nine months at Old Trafford. Yeah. Some of these things can be a little bit. Yeah, that's, not really, that's naughty, isn't it? It is a bit naughty, but the, the fact remains is that Jurgen Klopp he's, he isn't winning as many games as he would like. Mm. Bearing in mind that last season Klopp was kind of giving a little wink and a smile, saying, "Oh, you know, we don't talk about the title down here," but you know. but we. we do we do talk about this game here and, and talk about how Leicester have beaten Liverpool there and, and you know and, and beat them two 0 Also on paper, it looks like a fairly comprehensive win. Mm-hmm. But we're only talking about this because Liverpool are in a bit of a dodgy run defensively. Yeah. And you would expect probably six or seven of those Liverpool players who played midweek to not play this weekend. Mm. Certainly to not start this weekend. Yeah. So you could be looking at a different kettle of fish come totally, Saturday yeah. tea time as but well. It, but well, it, that all stems from the manager saying that he was sick of conceding stupid well, Klopp, goals. Klopp, this is the thing, another thing with Klopp, which is I think is worth pointing out, is that he wears his heart on his sleeve to such a point where you're going you're gonna to start to invite pressure on yourself if you carry on doing it that invites criticism and that and that also highlights what you're doing which is why some managers deflect what they're doing of course and and maybe Klopp, uh, Klopp I keep calling him Klopp maybe Klopp um, is a, a victim of his own honesty there and yeah, I that's, think he what, is. I think that's, and right, that's yeah. why it gives us as an, an, an excuse you know because yes on another day you say well they're having a bit of a bad month teams can go through these patches if the two Manchester clubs weren't so blisteringly good and perhaps Manchester City have had a slightly uh, a kinder run in you know they haven't played any of the big teams in the Premier League um, thus far off the top of my head you could be talking of a, a little bit of a dis- d- different situation the fact of the matter is though Liverpool are, are not firing on as many cylinders as they would like and their defence which has come under lots of scrutiny since Klopp's been there still looks a bit dodgy well mm. if you like what you saw midweek and you, you fancy Leicester to win against Liverpool the weekend uh, like the draw in the West Ham Spurs game this is also 3-1 to one, uh, with bet 365 so £10 on the Leicester win will return £40 again uh, including stake there we are. It's now time for some correspondence with Jim Campbell. Yes, it is. Are you ready, Jim? So, I certainly am. Um, you're going to be delighted, boys. We have a Dutch correspondent. Lovely. My, long overdue, in my Indeed. Opinion. Right, so this is just... Um, well, I'll just dive straight in. Hi, guys. I feel compelled to email after hearing you talk about the Van Hal versus Koeman beef. Van Hal has always been a special character dividing opinion in our country, so much so that one of our more prominent football journalists even went so far as to write a book about him to find out why he himself disliked Louis so much, titled, <laughs> Oh, Louis. That's 
that's a f- fascinating um, sort of examination of your own anger, isn't it? The, this journalist, Hugo Borst, has been telling us on national TV about these two fellow Dutchmen. Originally friends, they fell out when Koeman was coach at Ajax and uh, Van Gaal director of football. At Ajax, Van Gaal would take a chair from his office and take a seat right next to the pitch when Koeman was taking training. Then he'd start applauding the players he himself liked most. In the end, <laughs> Koeman told the board to sack one of them and they fired Van Gaal. As for their houses in Portugal, Koeman was already living in the Valle de Lobo resort in Portugal when Van Gaal built a house 100 metres from his place mm. and made sure everything was just a bit bigger. The house, the pool, everything. And his testicles. And his testicles. He had his bare testicles in the <laughs> evening, in a warm, balmy evening. Story goes that even their wives act like they don't see each other when accidentally meeting in the Algarve. In England, you've only seen Louis Van Gaal for a few years, but trust me, in all these years working in football over here in Holland and next door in Germany, we've had a lot of laughs and irritation from this man. He's as idiosyncratic as you'd think, and probably a bit more so. That is from Jasper van der Peppel. Um, I love uh, Van Gaal even more after him. Absolutely, yeah. That. This is nice, just a bit of context on the old, uh, the old old Gaal thing from, from Monday's show. And, it's, and it's, that, is, that is incredibly Dutch, that story, because someone bloke writes a book trying to figure out why he hates somebody so much. I mean, that's glorious in itself. Yeah. And also, if you dislike someone and you know they dislike you, why on earth would you then build a, a, your holiday home right I, next I know. to them? You'd be like, oh, that guy's there. I'll go to the other side of town. Or I'll go to another country. <laughs> you <laughs> simply must, Hall is, I'll go right next door. You simply must how enjoy cl- antagonising a person. How close can I get to him? It's a big wild world out there, but that's the spot for me. Yeah. <laughs> so he won't be happy until he's teabanging him against his will. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> So, Simon from Canada here. Hello, Simon. I've checked this story out. It sounds like a lie at first, but it, it's it's real. Just thought I'd contribute to the ongoing saga that is John Hartson's relationship with thigh muscles. In February this year, he was asked on a radio phone-in show about his opinion on Beyonce's latest full-length album, Lemonade, baffling in itself, and to call his response baffling would be selling it short. You wanted the truth, I'm going to give you the truth. I just love Beyonce. I love her thighs. When she gets her heels on and she dances around that stage and her thighs are bouncing and muscly, it's fantastic. Hartson, suddenly remembering that he's a married father of five, adds, I'll have a girl with some meaty thighs on him, like my wife. Oh, my goodness. The real question here is, <laughs> the Ramble brave enough to make John Hartson's thigh watch a regular recurring segment? That's from Simon Barnett. I think we are. If anyone else has any thigh news well, of John Hartson... The only being that John Hartson's well-known on the Ramble over the years for his calves, not his thighs. I mean, his calves were the ones that were, were causing all the, all the Luke, headlines. Luke, we're moving on up. We are. We are indeed. <laughs> <laughs> We've got some weird celebrity spots as well, celebrity sort of, you know, wheeling wheeling out ofs. So unveilings. Jim unveilings. That's yeah. the, wheeling yeah. out ofs, unveilings, you know, <laughs> you know it's, a, it's a complex language, isn't it? Hi, chaps. I'm a Coventry fan and was a season ticket holder during our days at Highfield Road. During one half-time break, we were presented with none other than Mr Motivator. Suitably like clad, mm. he encouraged the crowd to join him in a spot of aerobics. Needless to say, this was less than successful. That's from Andrew Law. If you are from outside the UK, do Google Mr Motivator. It's, it's, a, it's a bizarre sight uh, from... Uh, from our youth. I think that uh, Mr Motivator would have been a little confused because he would have looked at a lot of football fans and gone, well, they're wearing sportswear. They'll be up for this. For some reason in my mind, I thought that Mr Motivator was a Leicester fan. I don't know where I got that from. I might, I might just be barking up the wrong tree. Yeah, well, actually, funnily enough, I have another email, uh, right. which might be where the confusion has, has I've arisen. Not seen, just, I've not seen in, this email. Because there has been a, there has been a similarly bizarre unveiling at Leicester. Okay. So, <laughs> hi all. I remember years ago, Mark Morrison of Return of the Mac fame being paraded on the pitch at Fulham Street. Well, he's Street. definitely from Leicester. Yeah. Yeah. Um, admittedly, Morrison had links with Leicester, so not entirely odd, but I seem to remember the unveiling coming quite a few years after his brief fame. He was handed a mic on the pitch and Bradley announced, it was Return of the Mac, now it's Return of the Leicester. 
Needless to say, it was a tumbleweed moment. I think we might have covered that before on the show. Yeah, that sounds about right. Did he get did he get a um, lookalike to do it like he did his community show? <laughs> I probably made that I joke so. back in 2009 as well. Who did knows? Did he do that? Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. He did do that. Um, yeah. So I've got one more. I think this is a contender for the, for the strangest one of these celebrity unveilings. Well, so Ramble. far, so far. So, so yeah. far, yeah. yeah. I'm, you know, I'm laying down the gauntlet to people. Uh, Ola Ramble, as a, Nor- as a Norwich fan, I prefer not to talk about letting famous fans of, uh, on the pitch at halftime, let's be having you, but my hometown, <laughs> Peterborough United, once had Iron Mike Tyson after his week-long holiday to Peterborough in 2010. He had yeah. a lovely old time having a Marks and Spencer's meal deal for lunch every day, but his highlight was parading around London Road in his posture at halftime. That's from, from Luke Manning. Apparently Tyson was there to do a sort of like evening weird yeah, he style. Yeah, like, he did like a book tour, tour. type thing. Yeah. I, think he was on, I think he was on at a number of different grounds. But, you know, Luke's the first guy to get in touch, so Peter Brook can claim him. Yeah, Peter, Peter Brook claimed Works for me. Mike. That is extraordinary. Well, listen, show at thefootballrabble.com for any more of that sort of nonsense. That's the place to do it. Ladies and gentlemen, we will talk about Arsenal and Southampton after this. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Life is full of what-ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. It was like the part in the Red Sea. People just went, whoop. Welcome back to the Football Ramble preview show, everybody. Arsenal hammered Doncaster 1 0 in the Carabao Cup. <laughs> yeah, I imagine when those fans got back to Doncaster, it's probably not even there anymore. Yeah. Just falling into a big sinkhole. Such yeah. was the shellacking. Yeah. Oh, of course, Darren Ferguson, son of Sir Alex, was, uh, well, he's the manager of, of Doncaster. And, and Big Alec was in the crowd, given one of the best seats in town and reportedly invited by Arsene Wenger. Yeah, they, I like that. They're quite pally now, aren't they? Yeah. I like that, yeah. yeah. I, I think they should be. Yeah. After being so uh, fiercely in competition a number al- of years ago, yeah, I mean, it was always marked by a, a grudging sort of respect and admiration, wasn't it? I but think. I think it was so long ago that Wenger was truly a competitor of Ferguson. Well, quite, yeah. <laughs> that, yeah. Uh, I mean, now Ferguson's no longer in the game; he doesn't see him as a threat. Yeah, but even before then, even in his yeah, last sort of five yeah. or six years, you know what I'm saying, Bravnik? <laughs> I do. Um, but yeah, they, they, Wenger and Fergie shared a friendly moment before the match. I won't go into any more detail. Well, I mean, there's nothing. I mean, it's Salacious. Hard to, it's hard to think of anything more undignified than two pensioners actually fighting each other, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Pre match. <laughs> yeah. I said friendly. That's what I'm saying. So oh, it's right, good okay. to see, yeah. A friendly arm wrestle. Yeah. And big Jackie Wilshire got his first start at the Emirates. He did. He played very well, too, which is, which is nice to see. It's encouraging from Jack. Mm-hmm. Found his level. Uh-huh. <laughs> Do you think he'll start for England and Russia? <laughs> I, if Gareth, Gareth has his way. Do you think he'll start for Palace in February? Yeah, that's more likely, though, <laughs> isn't it? Yeah, it depends, really, doesn't it, if Hodgson's still there or not. We, mm. we, we think he probably will be. Uh, yeah, Wilshire, I mean, he, he played well at home in, in the Cup against Doncaster. Yes, it's encouraging. You don't want to yeah. poo-poo that. But, Jim, do you see his... 
long-term future at Arsenal? Probably not, realistically. I'm, I think... As I have just season, asked you how long a piece of string is there, but oh, yeah, I appreciate it. But, I mean, you know, he didn't really pull up any trees at Bournemouth last, last year, and um, he's going to have to fight very hard to get into this, this team. But, you know what? You know what a season's like. Players get injured, particularly at Arsenal. So there will absolutely come a period where we need Jack Wilshere to be in the, in the first team, and him getting a confidence-boosting performance under his belt can only be a good thing for that. Indeed, yeah. Well, there was a couple of youth prospects in the Arsenal side. Reese Nelson is one. Jack Wilshere. And then, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. one as well. Yeah, Thierry Henry even tweeted uh, wishing him and a fellow, a fellow youngsters uh, well on the night. Reese Nelson, wants yeah, to watch, he's perhaps. very uh, highly regarded. Mm. I think. Yeah, a lot of people uh-huh. are talking about him. Uh, the Jack Wilshere thing is um, is almost a, a, a curious one because he must be 20, what twenty five now. 25, yeah, yeah, and and it's hard to think of of a way he can force his way into that regular first team because I didn't see there are going to be people out there who watched him a lot more closely than me at Bournemouth last season. But I saw him a bit, and I, I don't think, as I said to Jim earlier, actually just before we came on. The damning him with faint praise. I mean, he, he slotted in Bournemouth okay. I mean, he looked all right. He looked he looked a bit part of the furniture there, really, mm. in terms of his ability and, and his in his in his management of the game and all that sort of stuff. So, is he really going to be a player that can in such an important position as well? Yeah. That can that Arsenal can really hang their hat on for what they want to achieve. My my answer to that is that I don't think he is, despite flashes of brilliance in, in, in the not too distant past but for me he, there's no way he, he's a player I've not seen anything over the last couple of years which says they can rely on him I don't, mm. I don't think anyone. I think the hope is that he's and, and I don't know whether this is naive or not is that you know he's, he's it's taking him a long time to get back to his best after injury which hopefully he will, he will be able to recover um, but we were talking before about Gareth Barry Michael Carrick these sort of players being underrated those players that do the, the, the simple things very well I think that is the platform he needs to build from because Arsenal don't have a huge amount of players that do that sort of role, so he's quite unique in the squad in that sense. So that's that's what he has to bring. Is he, um, is he still on the snouts? Or is... <laughs> I think, but that's a fair question because is when you're still... saying about Carrick and Barry, two very different characters. To Jack <laughs> yeah, Wilshire, well, absolutely, and, and this I mean, is the problem, isn't it? But Jim, you've stumbled upon something there, I think, because Jack Wilshire's definitely got the skills to be able to do that type of role. It's just whether he's got the positional discipline and the football brain to be able to. Well, well it's, I, adapt I, think it. I think his football brain is, is very very good. I think one of the, we were talking about this earlier, but one of the strange things about Wilshire is his career has been defined by some real sort of man-of-the-match performances, a particular, particularly strong one against Barcelona a long, long time ago. Now, so what he, he does have the ability to take the, the game by the scruff of the neck, but now, at 25, with a year to go on his contract, at the biggest club he's likely to be able to be at in, in, the, in the near future at least, if he can't take it seriously now, then he'll never be able to, will but, he? But what you just said there is a direct contradiction to what you just said. I mean, if you, if you wanted to adapt his game and play this Carrick, get Barry, look after the ball... Danny Drinkwater sensible pass type role the last thing you want to be doing is him taking the game by the scruff of the neck you want him to be doing sensible things and keeping the ball and looking after it I don't think those two things are um, mutually ex- exclusive though I think you know sometimes that's what the, what Arsenal's game in particular needs is some s- smart sort of stewarding of a midfield to actually calm the game down and get it back on side so that Arsenal can control it and I think that Wilshire has the you know he has the ability to do that and that, that's what we need from him if he's going to get back in this team he's only got the ability to keep the ball the ability definitely no question about that providing he's still got the ability he had and he's not been laid so low by injury mm. that he, it's, he's struggling I, I personally don't think he's got the, the nous well, personally Wenger said recently that what he needs to get back is, uh, is in quote little bursts he was very good at that just sort of maybe you know nicking the ball around someone making a very sort of quick stride forward and then, then you know creating Releasing something ball, and yeah, we, yeah. we've not really seen that from him so much so mm. hopefully that's not deserted him forever and he's on the way back to finding it but again like I think it's a very Arsenal position that I can't help but take that every Arsenal fan still wants him to succeed but I don't know whether we're just um, hmm. kidding ourselves. About I, I wonder it. if he's if he's still good enough to play for Arsenal, perhaps. But if he wants to play some lovely football and enjoy himself, then come down to Fulham. Come down to exactly <laughs> perfect for him. But the Arsenal are at West Brom Monday night, aren't they? 
Yes. Yeah, and um, those baggies are seven to one with Bet three six five to pull off a shock and win the game. I mean, uh, so ten pound will return sixty pound, including st- sorry, eighty pound, including stake. Excuse me. Worth a flutter. Uh, speaking of sons of famous managers, Nigel Clough was loving the fact Burton had scored against Manchester United and said with a smile, "It was lovely for our supporters to get a goal. Most of them would have never dreamt that Burton Albion would ever score at Old Trafford." And he's right, isn't he? Mm. Yeah, I had an interview with Nigel Clough a couple of days ago and he seemed like he was enjoying his, stuff, enjoying his time down in Burton. He's done such a good job there. I mean, he t- sort of uh, stewarded them to their highest ever league finish. This is a team who, less than 20 years ago, were, were a non-league team. I mean, I don't even think they were Conference North then. You mm-hmm. know, or it would be Conference North or Conference South, I forget which one, but I think it's Conference North. I think they were a division below that even a number of years ago. So for them to be in the Championship and, and to get a goal at Ultra... Look, the game itself, I watched it and United shepherded the game really well and did well and, and do you know what something that, that really stuck with me about that game is that Man United made I think nine changes and they still had a very strong team yeah, their, their team was still no, very well. very strong yeah. yeah I mean Nigel Clough obviously very pleased that his Burton side got a consolation goal at Manchester United what would his father make of him being very pleased getting a consolation goal after a hammering at Manchester United can he, can he do anything without anyone asking what his father's going <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> <laughs> Context wasn't uh, big on Brian Clough priority. No, no, no. I think Burton are the first team to score at Old Trafford this season. They are, right? yeah. That's yeah. brilliant. That's another reason why Clough was well pleased with himself. Yeah, yeah of course. Well, why not? Lovely Imagine if work. no other team scores there for the rest of the season. <laughs> well, what I, a pub quiz question that'll be. I heard him cry last goal the winner when they <laughs> went in. <laughs> Next goal wins because it's dinner time. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Well, yeah, well, Southampton host Manchester United on the weekend. Club captain Stephen Davis, Southampton, of course, said he wants a hostile atmosphere at St Mary's to make it as difficult as possible. Good luck for Mourinho's men, a hostile atmosphere. Maybe, maybe, those, maybe those grey kits again. Yeah, exactly. get the grey kits on them. One of the worst stadiums for atmosphere in the world. <laughs> really? <laughs> is it? I mean, is that your biased you, opinion, or are you move on? Yeah, yeah. No, I'm just being silly. I'm, well, obviously, <laughs> I'm um, but but the best way that Southampton can generate a good atmosphere there is to actually start scoring some goals. Yeah, I mean, four uh. home games, four home games this season, and they failed to score on three of them. And I think they failed to score in their final three games at home last season as well. Mm. And they've got, I think they've got a problem scoring goals. I think this has gone a little bit under the radar. But they don't have a problem creating chances. Well, quite exactly. But the three strikers they've got, they're three frontline strikers. But as long as I'm not forgetting one, I don't think I am. Manolo Gabbiadini, who mm-hmm. started his career fairly well, but he's never been a big scorer of goal. He, mm. he's not, he doesn't score in huge quantities Shane Long the same you'd argue can, can get a few here and there can't mm. he but not, not a forward a goal scoring forward to build your attack around no. and Charlie Austin who has scored the majority of his goals at a lower level and I like Charlie Austin I think he's a great player he is, yeah. but he also has really really bad injury problems so uh, I don't know if it's on their radar you'd hope it would be they are going to struggle to score goals this season if they carry on like this, mm. and that's and that's clearly contributing to the lack of an atmosphere against the United side, who've got eight different goal scorers this season so far in yeah. the Premier League, which is um, the which most. Is the most. And I think I just, how embarrassing, like though, Jim? Win. How embarrassing is it for a club for their captain to come out and say that they want a better atmosphere at their own ground? You tell me, Luke. No, well, it wouldn't happen at Pompey. I don't know. I don't <laughs> he said know. a more hostile atmosphere because people in Southampton they're good people. Is that right? They're not hostile. Mm. They're very friendly. Right? They're very warm. To be fair, I actually think that's 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 a man. You know, showing the qualities of a, of a good captain. If that's what needs to happen, he's the one sticking his neck out to sort of perhaps you know annoy the fans a bit, but ultimately for the good of the team. Do you know what I think he should do? I think he should come out in a load of leather, yep. like Maximus Decimus Meridius Here in a Gladiator, and start going, "Are you not entertained?" When you said a load of leather, <laughs> I panicked. <laughs> I feared the worst. Red herring. <laughs> I'm not Pete Dawson. I am not Pete Dawson. It's a Dutch weekend in the Algarve. I thought there was. <laughs> <laughs> I thought, my goodness. 
Um, yeah, I mean, Mourinho said recently as well at Old Trafford, he sort of hinted that he wanted the crowd a bit more up for it. He often does this, Mourinho. He said this about the Chelsea supporters as well. I think Mourinho... Unless he he's managing in in the Colosseum back in ancient Rome, and there's lines and mm. getting involved and so, on. he's not really that happy but with atmosphere. Mourinho never stops talking about everything, though, does he? That's mm. true. He was saying, wasn't he saying oh, last the cup. night? Yeah, was he saying last night that the League Cup? He started off saying the League Cup shouldn't really be in a thing anymore. He's, he, yeah. He's, he, oh no, but we are we are thinking about it he, because he just remembered that he won it last season. He's more po- well, yeah. It was a major trophy this time last year. Yeah, yeah it was. It was a part of a very very respectable treble, yeah. apparently, <laughs> and it will be again if he wins the damn thing. Yeah. But uh, Mourinho. He did suggest that English football might be better without the League Cup, and it's like no, that the the fitness of your players might. Yeah, be better. He, was, he was talking specifically about clubs in Europe, wasn't he? But um, which is a fair comment. Yeah, they, yeah, they, they, is, they get a spare week, don't they? They get a bye for the second round. Yeah. Clubs in Europe, so they get a little bit of a rest anyway. Mm. I can understand that there is a lot of football, and other leagues don't have. The the, the the League Cup, you know, the Carabao well, Cup. Some of them do, called. but not all of them. Not all of them do. Mm. There's there's usually the one domestic cup competition, which some countries it's not taken that seriously. The FA Cup of, is, of course, and, uh, and and I think that's to its cr- massive credit. And then you have the League. And in England, we do have that extra cup competition. Same in Scotland. You know, all the best leagues do it. Yeah, um, I but, like it. Right. I'm all for it. OK, well... You, well, it's great for us, because it means we've got lots to talk about. Exactly. Huh? Yeah, I'm not wanting it... Uh, to be to be uh, thrown away, but Marie, you can play three games a week at your age. I couldn't play one game no. a week at my age. <laughs> I was about to say, I don't think any of us could. <laughs> Half yeah, would I mean, be, to be I struggling. Mean, Nigel Clough said about this. You know that you know the League Cup is not a nuisance. We have an even squad, and every one of the lads who played tonight thinks they should be in the first team. So it's obviously clearly very useful for him. But I mean, look at Leicester, for example. They they should be looking at maybe winning that this this. You know, this lots, season lots of teams should be absolutely, but it does it does give a chance for clubs outside the tra- you know the traditionally powerful clubs a better chance of winning something, and, and that has to be remembered. I, I love respect it. it. Nigel Clough's not going to see going away to Old Trafford and making a few quid on the road as a nuisance. No, by no the absolutely, huge no. amount of money. Well, for he, them. he said yeah, that they, you know their budget is in, you know it, the budget includes things like this. But there's, there's probably an ulterior motive to why Jose Mourinho is saying what he's saying. I, I don't know what it is, but he he should be if he's being completely honest. He should be looking at that a slightly different way because, as I've just said, they made nine changes. So a handful of players, at least there, who who won't be playing ninety minutes every mm. Saturday, mm. are getting a chance to have a, you know, a fairly competitive run out. I mean, Burton aren't you know well beaters, but they're you know, a second tier team. That's right. They, they worked hard. They made it difficult at times for United, who I thought you know overall dominated the game and scored early, and that probably killed it. But it was still a good a good competitive run out that you're not going to be able to manufacture in a reserve team game mm. or, or a, a, a bibs versus shirts game on on the training. Also, group. for players like Martial, players like Rashford, and, and to an extent Link. Guard as well, who are sort of you know not always starting but certainly contributing, keeping their momentum going is really really important. So, Rashford you know, scored a great goal he did. as well. Played front and centre, Rashford normally yeah, he's out did on the well. Um, you know, well, Southampton and Man United are playing each other this weekend, of course, and the draw between them is five to two with bet three six five. So ten pound will return thirty five pound, including stake. There we are. And um, before I go on to the bet, the best bet with bet three six five, um, I stumbled upon. Look, you know, sometimes with these sorts of things, you try and think of a way of weaving them in the running order. You know, how we're going to link it together. Look, I'm just going to say it like this: It's about Kevin Keegan, <laughs> <laughs> and I'm reading it out. Yes. All right? Okay. This is a Sit story. Sit back that, and enjoy. This is a story that not everyone listening may have may have heard. And apologies if you've already stumbled across it yourself on Twitter or whatever. But it's from Joey Barton. 
talking about his time playing for mm. Kevin Keegan and a particular incident. And I'll just read it in Joey's words. It's absolutely fantastic. Have you heard this, Marcus? No. No, okay, go oh, on. I'm, I'm looking forward to Marcus Have you hearing heard it as much as I'm looking forward to hearing it. Have you heard it, Joey? No. Okay, right. So this is Joey Barton speaking. We're 3-0 down and I've gone to the dressing room at half-time and the gaffer, Kevin Keegan, is having a go. I've just started taking my boots off and launching them, obviously not happy at all. I took my top off and my shorts and everything, and Keegan's going, whoa, whoa, what are you doing? I said, I've been sent off. He says, what? I said, I've been sent off. So Kevin Keegan's got no clue if I've been sent off or not, so he sends Derek Fazakli to go and check. Derek Fazakli comes back and says, yeah, Kevin, he's been sent off. (laughs) (laughs) How would you miss that? (laughs) I I must have missed that, Jeff. Uh, I don't know... Or indeed care whether that's true or not. <laughs> oh, my goodness. There we go. <laughs> but do you want the best bet with Bet365? I think we, we better. As you guys well know, I was unceremoniously dumped out of the hot mm. seat on Monday uh, through, uh, you know, if, you, if you've missed it, then go back and listen. Like, you know, you, you all know what happened. Six reasons uh, why I live. Yeah. I, I don't want to go back into it. Uh, I'm getting sort of Vietnam War style flashbacks about it. So um, this is uh, a new man in the hot seat, and he goes by the name of James Short. James says... Gentlemen, what better way of making up for Luke's crushing humiliation last week than to double up on the Hornets to bounce back against Swansea? Yes. As such, I propose a Portuguese-themed double, which will no doubt leave the Premier League's two Portuguese managers as happy as Prostate Cancer UK when the bet inevitably comes in. (laughs) So that's Watford to win away at Swansea and Man United to win away at Southampton. Here's hoping I'm duly enthroned in the hot seat this week. Where you are, James, you're in the hot seat. Watford and Man United both to win is currently 4.26 to 1 on bet three. So our £50 will return £263, including stake, all for Prostate Cancer UK, of course. You must be over the age of 18 to gamble and do gamble responsibly. And for more information, go to gamblerware.co.uk. Now, I know a lot of you online, on Twitter particularly, which is mostly where we see uh, the interaction with the show, uh, are following the bets of the week very, very closely. So... Uh, Watford and Man United to win is what we're going for. So give James your support and let's hope, hope we can raise a bit more money. That's a nice bet, that. Mm. Yeah, I think so as well. I think what I think Watford might have got a good chance of bouncing back and that's why it caught my eye. Yeah. I'm not, Doubling I'm not, down, are you? I've not lost a fake. I've not lost a fake. <laughs> You've made this guy up, haven't you? No. <laughs> and you're going to unmask yourself if it comes Short, in. an anagram of Luke Moore? <laughs> <laughs> Good on you, James. Good luck. Best of luck. Nice yeah. one. It's a yeah. hot, hot thing. James. Yeah. Nice one, Jamesy. Now let's look ahead to the weekend. Yeah, a few more uh, um, comments on Facebook looking ahead to the weekend. Uh, Charlie Morrison. God, that is a very squeaky chair. Sorry about is that. Is that you, is it? Yeah. Um, Charlie Morrison says, uh, read David Seaman hating selfies. My cousin is doing some work on Dave's house at the moment and he seems happy enough to pose for a quick selfie when I asked him the other day. Yeah, because Dave can pop up, put his makeup on, he's got his selfie face on. There yeah, you go. Bomb. Stick because, his ponytail Yeah, because like when he was in New York City, I mean, he'd be... He'd Could be, be a David Seaman lookalike. It could be a professional yeah. one to sit around the house and yeah. go out and do his own stuff. There's a smoke screen for the real David <laughs> yeah. Seaman, so he doesn't have to do any selfies. Yeah, it could be. Could well, be. Yeah, yeah. Go on. Friend of the ramble, Oliver Memories Bailey. Always uh, involved yeah. in the Oliver. He says, um, I didn't manage to catch Liverpool's Carabao Cup game on Tuesday. Thankfully, it's being repeated on Saturday. Ah. There we go. <laughs> and this is a good one from Tom Smith. He says, this is a belated highlight of the week, but I hope you'll include it. He says, I went to go and watch my beloved Charlton Athletic player away at Gillingham last week and found myself stunned at how utterly atrocious the Gilles number nine was. I realised at half-time that it was none other than Tom Eaves, Luke's unlikely hat-trick hero from the game against Southend a few weeks back. Final score, 1-0 Gillingham. Eaves with the goal. Lovely. Ah. He does that, I tell you. He absolutely does that. He's effective. And uh, here's a final one for you from Toby Allen. 
He says, I'm hoping to see Marcus Speller in the Sainsbury's garage on Lower Richmond Road in Putney at approximately 10.15 this Sunday morning again, browsing through various soaps, shower gels and deodorants. And a Fulham win. There we are. There you go. Uh-huh. Confirm or deny? Ah, uh, I, I don't kiss and tell. <laughs> <laughs> I don't shower, gel and tell. Look, Marcus may or may not be there. He's got a friend who works in the BP garage. He sees him a lot. It's my lookalike. <laughs> <laughs> it's my lookalike. It's a Saddam-style decoy. Ten, if yeah. it was 10.15 in the evening, he might have been yeah, right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, you can't remember where you were 10.15 in the evening, big boy. <laughs> so I tell the police. Mm. Um, thank you very much for listening to the Football Ramble previews. You're sponsored by Bet365. It's an absolute pleasure. Say goodbye, Jim. Goodbye. Say goodbye, Luke. Goodbye. I'll see you in Sainsbury's local. mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.